wrestling fans. Are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck dude. show at Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way, and all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificent yeah, is mine. Indeed, it's another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Don't forget to follow me on Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. Again, Wrestling TWT. And the only thing I ask you is to tell people that Jonathan Hood Talks Wrestling Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, whether it's in your inner circle, to use a phrase, uh, that watches professional wrestling slash sports entertainment or leaving five stars and a review if you're doing it on Apple Pods or Google Pods. Just tell people that we are cranking out as much content as we can here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. As always, I thank you for downloading the podcast wherever you might be around the country, around the city of Chicago. Thanks so much for checking it out. As Of course, you can catch this podcast on the ESPN Chicago app if you download it or wherever else you get your podcast. Just look for our show, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Well, I've got a great segment here um, and a great topic that I want to discuss regarding professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. And as much as you and I get into the wrestlers and who's great and who's not so great or who's over and who's not so over, do you realize besides the promoter, the one with the pencil, the one that makes things happen, The other thing that's really important for any wrestling company to be viable is the announcer, the play-by-play man. So for many years, the lead dog that is doing play-by-play, the person who is doing the commentary, mattered in wrestling. Whether it's Lance Russell in Memphis, whether it's Gordon Soley in Florida, or in the Connell Territory, or working for uh, the National Wrestling Alliance, whether it's Vince McMahon in the New York market, uh, when Vince was an announcer, how important that was in the Northeast. And it goes on and on of great announcers over the years that were able to have the microphone and command a presence. The reason why that people like Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone and Bill Mercer or uh, Mark Lorenz in Dallas and so many others, the reason why that we know these names are because they hosted the wrestling shows that we were a fan of. And if you are the play-by-play person, it is the most important person on the broadcast. Not even the wrestlers. It's the play-by-play person. You know why? Because as you watch the broadcast, the person that is the lead play-by-play person is supposed to give you the information that you need and actually has a reputation. Usually a good reputation because the play-by-play guy disseminates the information that you need to know, why you should root for or be against a certain wrestler, the storylines, and make it clear what is going on on the broadcast. Because otherwise it's just wrestling, wrestling to wrestle. But you've got to have a soundtrack 
to be able to catch up to what's going on on the broadcast. So Adnan Verk was fired by the WWE. I know that it's written as mutual parting of the ways, but Adnan Verk is no longer with the WWE as the voice of Raw. Now, for context, I know Adnan Verk. Uh, if you listen to my shows over the years, Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, you can hear some of my interviews and conversations I've had with Adnan when he worked for ESPN. And he is a play-by-play baseball announcer. He's also a very good studio host for MLB Network. He does a couple of really terrific podcasts, including a podcast about movies. Uh, he is now aligned with the Metal Arc Media Company that started by Dan Lebertard and Stu Gotts and that company. Uh, and then from there, does a great NFL podcast uh, with Mike Lombardi that I listen to as often as they roll that podcast out. I'm a big fan of that podcast because it's about as real as it you'll get. So Adnan's part of that as well. So he has a very busy plate all throughout the uh, months and years that he's covering sports because he does so much. It did surprise me when Adnan Verk was hired by the WWE. I understand the connection with WWE president Nick Khan because Adnan was part of the conglomerate uh, and for CAA that Nick Khan was running before he came to WWE. Nick Khan suggested Adnan Verk because Adnan is a hard worker and dude is a hustler and dude uh, loves sports. And I didn't even, even know he was a wrestling fan, uh, but we come to find out that he is. And so I DM'd him and I told him, hey, good luck, man. Looking forward to you doing commentary. We had a little conversation and, you know, off he went. The voice of Money Night Raw. As a wrestling fan listening to this, you know the gravitas and how big it is to be the voice of Monday Night Raw. Because Monday Night Raw, being on Monday nights on cable for two hours, I think at one point one hour and then two hours, and it grew into this three-hour nonsense that we see today. But it was big. Monday Night Raw. So much so that WCW followed suit and said, we're going to have our own show against the WWE. You know the history of that. But Adnan Verk being the voice of Monday Night Raw, I said, that's interesting. As they do their announcer shuffle again. You know, it's amazing. You don't get this in usual sports, but then again, the WWE is not natural, is not usual sports, as you well know, right? Like, you know the play-by-play guys on Sunday Night Football. You know it's Al Michaels along with Chris Collinsworth. Uh, you know what's happening uh, when you see... Uh, you know, Joe Buck along with Chris Collinsworth. You know when you see Jim Nance and Tony Romo in the NFL. You just know these announcing pairings because they have chemistry and they've worked together for a long time. The WWE is not like that. <laughs> they move their announcers around at, like you change your undergarments over and over again, right? So here's what I continue to hear for, what, two months that Adnan Burke was in that spot as a play-by-play guy. Oh, Adnan is awful. Oh, he can't do this, and he can't call wrestling. He doesn't know the moves. Do you realize that in that same chair that Adnan has now left, Tom Phillips was not good enough to be the voice of Monday Night Raw? Mauro Ranallo was not good enough to be the voice of either Raw or SmackDown for the long haul? Vic Joseph... The voice of NXT, not good enough to be the voice of Monday Night Raw. And now a new voice will be added to Monday Night Raw. And that is Jimmy Smith. 
Do you know Jimmy Smith? Okay. So this came across as we record this here uh, from Dave Meltzer that says that with the departure of Adnan Verk, it was announced Tuesday that new WWE Raw announcing team will consist of former UFC and Bellator commentator Jimmy Smith working with Corey Graves and Byron Saxton. Their first show will be on Monday, May 31st. Smith is 43 best known for his 2010 to 2017 run with Bellator, has been working with Michael Cole and the WWE staff of late to train for a possible announcing role. According to sources within the company, Cole has praised him heavily and found him to be very versatile. It's notable that Smith will be slated to be the lead play-by-play announcer. While the aforementioned MMA roles with Bellator and the UFC, he was an analyst in that role. Jimmy Smith was an analyst with UFC, and now he slides in to do the play-by-play, the lead announcing role on Monday Night Raw. Hope you heard that very clearly. If you know UFC, and I know some UFC, I'm, I'm familiar with Jimmy Smith as an analyst, but now he becomes the lead voice of a show that was announced by Vince McMahon originally, and of course famously by Jim Ross. But Jimmy Smith is now the voice of Monday Night Raw. It says here from Meltzer, he says, Smith has been on WWE broadcast as of late, debuting as part of the pre-show panel at NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. Last week, he was a talking head analyst in the Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor segment uh, on the NXT show. He also hosts SiriusXM's Unlocking the Cage weekdays, uh, in addition to his ESPN International UFC Fight Camp show. So... Jimmy Smith is the new lead voice of Monday Night Raw. And my question to you is this. Why does the WWE continue to put the square peg in the round hole? What about a wrestling announcer doing wrestling? How about that for a change? Adnan Verk, Tom Phillips, Vic Joseph, you know... They were not good enough. And you know why they were not good enough to be in that role for the long haul? You know why? Because they were not Michael Cole. That's the reason why that Adnan Verk is not in that spot or Tom Phillips or Vic Joseph or anybody else in that company that can do play-by-play. The reason why is because they're not Michael Cole. I want you to follow this. Jim Ross was someone that we all know is one of the all-time greats, if not the greatest to ever do this, depending on who you talk to. There's a lot of Shivani guys. There's a lot of Soli people. There's a lot of people that look at Lance Russell as the best. Whoever you think is the best to ever do it. Some people like think Joey Styles is one of the best. Whomever you think is the best, you cannot deny that Jim Ross is on the top of that list. He's on the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling announcers. That's how I look at it for sure. I'm a Shivani guy, but also love Jim Ross as well. So those two belong on the Mount Rushmore for me. Point is, though, is that Jim Ross, as good a job as Jim Ross did, Jim Ross went above and beyond in that job, doing things that an announcer not even supposed to do, like take bumps or uh, bleed or just get completely just uh, abused by not only other WWE personnel, but wrestlers. Jim Ross did more things as a wrestling announcer than anybody in the history of the business. JR was in that spot, and you know what they kept doing? 
the WWE and Vince McMahon try to find JR's replacement. It was here in Chicago where Jim Ross was announced as um, the uh, Hall of Fame inductee. And he stood up and he was at ringside and he was crying because he didn't think that he'd be chosen as a WWE Hall of Famer. And Chicago pretty much kept his job. Jim will tell you that if it wasn't for the announcement of him going to the Hall of Fame and the reaction that we as Chicagoans gave to JR, uh, JR probably would have been out and replaced by Mike Goldberg. You do recall the name Mike Goldberg, right? Because that was the next thing. Vince McMahon had in his mind like Jim Ross was washed. He can't do the job anymore. So we're going to replace him with UFC voice Mike Goldberg. That was the whole idea of Jim Ross being in the chair and then being replaced. But here's the thing. The WWE kept bringing Jim Ross back. And you know why? They could not find his replacement. And you know why? Because they couldn't find someone that could sound like JR. Michael Cole, when he first started, Michael Cole, I thought, was a you know pretty decent announcer, a B-Squad announcer with Taz or whomever he's working with with SmackDown. But you notice he was doing the Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold stuff. And you know why he did that? It's because he was produced to say that because Jim Ross would say that. Stomping a mud hole in his ass and walking it dry. You know what's saying that? Michael Cole was saying that. You know why Michael Cole was saying that? Because Jim Ross used to say that. So all the Ross-isms... Michael Cole had to do early in his career. He couldn't be his own announcer. But you know why? Because he didn't sound like Jim Ross. And now, full circle, here we are with Michael Cole. Whatever you think of Michael Cole, I understand that Cole works hard. I know in this sports entertainment era, he's doing exactly what Vince wants. But he's not uh, like uh, a great announcer, in my view. I think he's a great announcer when he's not produced. There's been several examples of when Mike could just do what he wants to do. You know, just call a match and not be overly produced. Um, the matches overseas that we have seen where Vince is not the producer, it's great. Uh, there's been other examples of when Michael Cole is just just flee, you know, just flowing with the play-by-play and telling stories. It's great. When he's overproduced, it sounds like crap, and it has for a long time. It's not because he replaced Jim Ross. It's because Michael Cole is not allowed to be himself. So I want to make sure it's very clear. If you are not... Like the main guy that used to be in the chair, you have a very short shelf life on the job. Vince McMahon is a problem with that, right? So to Jimmy Smith, nothing against Jimmy Smith, but he's not going to be in that job for the long haul. You know why? Because it's going to be hard for Jimmy Smith to do exactly what Michael Cole does. And that's the problem. Cole had to go through this with Jim Ross And now others have to go through this because Michael Cole is, quote-unquote, the lead announcer of the entire company, the voice of the WWE. Well, for whatever that's worth, that's what he is right now. But understand this also about Jimmy Smith. Because Jimmy Smith has interest in uh, SiriusXM show and still doing stuff with UFC, he's not in the WWE bubble. And Adnan Verk was not in the WWE bubble. You know why? Because after Raw, that dude had to fly out and do MLB Network And he had to do his podcast. He had to do other things. He wasn't in Stanford, Connecticut in the offices doing exactly what needed to be done outside of his job. Jim Ross did that. That's why Jim is one of the all-time greatest. That dude was taking care of the personnel and the payroll for the WWE along with being the voice of the WWE for a long time. He had like not just one black hat. He had like five or six. 
So he's doing a ton for the WWE because he was in the bubble. And then Verk was not in the bubble. Mauro Ronaldo was not in the bubble. Uh, and so, and Jimmy Smith won't be either. Once he's done with Raw, he will fly back to wherever the hell he lives, and he'll just fly back in when he's got to do Raw again. But that's the issue, because Vince McMahon wants his guys to be in the bubble, to be there at all times to do events and all this other stuff. You know, for some of these other announcers, it's just a gig. Like, oh, I'm the voice of Monday Night Raw? Cool. And Michael Cole is saying, put it out there like he's really good at this. I think he can be good at this. Well, here's the thing. No one will be good enough for Vince McMahon except for Michael Cole. I'm sure that Vince in his mind's eye is thinking, I got to find out who is going to be the next voice of the WWE after Michael Cole. Who is that going to be? Why can't it be Tom Phillips? Uh, Tom Phillips, to me, is a solid play-by-play announcer. And you know why? Because he sounds like Michael Cole. There, there's no distinguishing characteristic that's different between Tom Phillips or Vic Joseph, or Michael Cole. It's the same style of broadcast, which leads me to this. How dumb is it that all WWE television shows, those that are the lead play-by-play announcer, why does it all have to sound the same? Why does it have to sound all the same? You see, I will go back to uh, the days of watching what was going on in WCW, or what was going on in uh, other companies where they had multiple play-by-play announcers and they all sounded different. Like Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross are two different play-by-play announcers. They both have different styles. Uh, what you see in AEW now with uh, their lead announcer, you know, which I think is their lead announcer, <laughs> you know, that guy sounds totally different from Jim and from Tony. They're d- different guys. Excalibur is good for today's wrestling, for what he does today. Excalibur, he calls all the moves, and he he almost almost recreates the simple moves. Like a side headlock to me is a, su- a side headlock, or a suplex is a suplex, or diving out to the ring is a suicide dive. And it's like he recreates all these names of these moves. I don't get it, but for a certain audience, the AEW fans get it. But everyone's different. Whatever it is, it's a different sound, right? You know, in, in the NWA, there was different announcers back then. And even today, across the indies, all announcers don't all sound the same. But the WWE, they all have to sound the same. Let me just tell you my background. Along with doing mornings on ESPN 1000 with David Kaplan as a talk show host, I'm also a play-by-play person. Uh, I have worked with the UIC Flames basketball team and the UIC Flames baseball team for years. I'm getting close to a decade of doing the basketball and with the baseball about five, six years. And before that, uh, I came to ESPN. I was doing play-by-play in college for basketball. I've also done play-by-play as a wrestling announcer in the Indies in the Chicagoland area. Um, and so I have experience in doing all those things. I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I'm just giving you context that I do know what it's like to be a play-by-play lead announcer for wrestling, in the, on, at least on the independent circuit. Um, I was not overly produced. I was just there to call the matches. So I have done that before. When, when I have the opportunity, I may give you a little listen to some of my play-by-play back in the day for uh, working those indies. Uh, but... Here's what I want you to listen to. I really believe, after watching so much WWE programming, 
There are 10 things that a WWE play-by-play guy has to do. 10 things. Now you tell me how Jimmy Smith is going to be able to master these 10 things. Because Adnan Verk was not able to. See, Adnan Verk was told by, you know, wrestling Twitter, oh, that guy sucks, right? Oh, he's not very good at what he does. And it's kind of like, okay, he's only done it for a couple of months. How, how are you going to get into the groove? With Corey Graves and with uh, Byron Saxton, when he's only, he only done it for a handful of times, but they again partially that they, they they said well they mutually parted ways. No, he was let go because he didn't sound like Michael Cole. Here are the ten things that a play-by-play guy has to do in the WWE. Number one, don't call ninety-eight percent of the moves. That's number one. You don't call 98% of the moves if you're going to be a play-by-play guy in the WWE. Because if you notice, you know, Excalibur calls everything. That's one style. But I think there is room, especially with it being television, to be able to call some things and continue to talk about the storylines. But you got to use words like momentum. And you don't call what you see in the WWE if you're a play-by-play announcer. That's number one. How hard is that, by the way? Is is that not the shits or not? You're not supposed to call the moves that you're seeing. You're not supposed to talk about what you're seeing. You're supposed to ignore it. There's action in the ring. You say nothing. Number two, your homework doesn't matter. Your homework doesn't matter. When you're a play-by-play guy, usually you have the opportunity to talk to the wrestlers, have a conversation with the wrestlers and find out you know, what's their background, you find out what's going through their mind, what's up with their storylines. We'll take it away from wrestling for a second and talk about just other sports. When I'm doing play-by-play for basketball or baseball, you get a chance to talk to either the coaches or the athletes and find out what's going through their head. What's their thought about the game that they have to play? What can they do to win the game? What do they have to do to get off their losing streak? Little things you can use in the broadcast. Well, your homework doesn't matter in the WWE because if you went up to, you know, if you went up to Randy Orton and said, what's your thoughts about this matchup? You don't even know whether or not you could use the quotes or not because you got to go through all the writers and go through Vince and go through Michael Cole on whether or not you could use that stuff or not within your notes that you have to be a play-by-play guy for that particular night. So your homework doesn't matter. When's the last time that you've heard someone that's in the lead play-by-play chair say, you know, earlier on I was talking to Drew McIntyre, and what's going through his mind is he was telling me, quote, this, 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 this. Or it sounded genuine and not sound like a storyline, right? When's the last time that you heard that? You know, earlier on I was talking to Kofi Kingston, and he feels very sadly that he didn't get a chance to have another world title shot after losing in 10 seconds to Brock Lesnar. He told me about his third child that he's going to bring into the world pretty soon here and how much that means to his family. So he really has uh, a heavy heart going into this matchup here on Monday Night Raw because he knows that a third child's coming in and his family's very happy. You don't get that. So whatever homework that you know about the wrestler, you can't say that on WWE TV. So that's number two. Number three, do what they tell you to say on commentary. The analyst actually has a little bit more freedom. Samoa Joe was very good in the analyst role because Samoa Joe didn't sound like WWE. He sounded like when he was doing it, he sounded very natural. It sounded like a fight. It sounded like UFC. It sounded like boxing when he was doing color because he was well-spoken. He also was very eloquent. He also was very lucid in his thoughts. It didn't sound like WWE. It didn't sound like Corey Graves. 
You sound like Samoa Joe really providing color to the broadcast. Corey Graves also. I don't think he's. I don't think he's great. I think he's good at what he does. Saxton has gotten better, but again, it's in the WWE way. the The analysts have a little bit more freedom with the play by play guys. You have to do exactly what they want you to say on commentary. Exactly, almost to the T. There might be some wiggle room here or there, but it's very, very limited. It's very tight. You ever see the play-by-play guys out there, how nervous they are and how tight they are? There is no fun and the loose feeling uh, when you see the play-by-play guys for WWE. You have to do exactly what they're told. Number four, you have to yell, there's a cover! One, two, did he get him? Oh, no! One, two, no. Every time there's a cover, you have to yell that there's a cover. Because that's the WWE way. As if we're not watching the broadcast. <laughs> As if we're not watching on TV. Like, yeah, Raw's on, but I'm washing my clothes. Or I'm outside washing my car. So just let me know if there's a cover so I can go see whether or not it's a pinfall or not. There's a cover. And again, every broadcast has to tell you that there's a cover, even though that you're watching it. Well, you know it's a cover because you're watching it. It's not radio. It's television. If you're going to be a play-by-play guy for the WWE, you have to use words like momentum. You have to use words in terms like switching gears. Uh, You have to also use nonetheless. If you hear nonetheless a hundred times in a broadcast, that is produced by Vince McMahon because that's one of his favorite words. And so because it's one of his favorite words, you have to use that in the broadcast. Well, nonetheless, well, you know, nonetheless... Nonetheless, we're going to go to our next thing. Nonetheless, we're going to go to our next match. I mean, really? So now the WWE announcers cannot use other names. They can't use other words. You would think that these play-by-play guys have the opportunity to be able to use the terminology that they want to. But no, no, they're not allowed to do that. So they have to use nonetheless, or they have to use switching gears. Just certain... Yeah, the certain words that are used in WWE speak, it's kind of stupid. I don't understand. And it's Vince calling me now. No, I don't want the Monday Night Raw job. So, something else, too. Another top 10 thing, being a play-by-play guy. The -the over-the-top selling for the mundane. There are certain things that you and I watch in wrestling, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, AEW, you know, MLW, NWA, whatever you're watching, New Japan, where you don't have to over-the-top sell everything. The feeling of disingenuous, of being disingenuous in the broadcast is amazing. And that comes from Vic Joseph in NXT. That comes from Michael Cole, for sure, because this is part of the Cole way of broadcasting. It just never feels genuine. If there is a lousy match, you know it's lousy, but you don't have to oversell everything. Everything in wrestling is not great. You may have a lot of uh, favorite wrestlers or you have a favorite promotion, but everything is not great. So the -the over-the-top selling and being disingenuous and not being, you know, solid with your audience, it resonates through through the TV. It's very clear when you are watching the broadcast, like whatever they're talking about, that's not really what's going on. So I, I, it really bothers me, the over-the-top selling, the over-the-top hand gestures. Here's what I want you to do as an exercise. I want you to watch SmackDown on Friday. I want you to watch SmackDown on Friday, and I want you to watch the hand gestures of Michael Cole. That dude is as nervous as a cup of coffee. It is amazing, the yelling, the hand gestures, over-the-top. 
Everything's not over the top in the WWE. It's not necessary. And speaking of the over the top selling, what about when every time that there's a punch thrown or a clothesline or some kind of action, it's ah, ooh, e, ah, ooh. Because Cole does it, Joseph does it, anyone else that's in that role is supposed to be able to sell the moves, right? Again, we are watching the broadcast. We don't need the over the top ah, ooh, e for every single move. Vic Joseph is the worst in this, right? Especially in that CWC arena that they do it in. Like every time that someone throws a right hand or a clothesline or some kind of, not even a big move, just a decent move. Ooh, ah. And they, and people online who, again, probably watch way too much WWE TV, doesn't even realize that Michael Cole does that. And Vic Joseph does that. And they say, well, why was Adnan Verk just selling up? Because that's what he was told to do. That every time that there is some kind of big move, you're supposed to react with, ah, ooh, e. Why? Why? You can be able to describe the action. Instead of describing the action, just make a lot of noises. That's also part of being a play-by-play guy for the WWE. Uh, also, be ready to wrestle at any point. Be ready to do things that you're not even supposed to be doing as a play-by-play announcer because everybody's in on it, right? So if you are an announcer, you could probably you probably have to take a bump. You probably have to do things that you're not accustomed to doing because as a play-by-play announcer, you just can't just do your job and just try to get the product over. No, you got to do other crap that doesn't make any sense. Again, Jim Ross had to do all of that, and I think that's part of just being a character in the WWE that, hey, you could at one point be in the ring or at one point you could be punched or stomped on or abused just because Vince says so. Number nine on this list to be a play-by-play announcer of the WWE. Um, you don't call it wrestling, you call it sports entertainment. It's World Wrestling Entertainment in the title. And as Nick Khan has said, if you go back to the archives of TWT, you've heard him say, like, well, we're not a wrestling company. We're a sports entertainment company. You know, we're we're into making TV shows and movies and, and merchandise for kids. I mean, wrestling's in the, t- in the name, but it's really sports entertainment. So you can't even call wrestling on a wrestling show. So that's an either, of course, across the broadcast and across the WWE. But again, as a play-by-play now, so you can say, what a hell of a wrestling match. Can you say that? Can you, you know, if there's a great match, can you call it a great match? Can you call it a great wrestling match? You're all calling, you're, you're calling wrestling. Is it okay to call it wrestling? Now the WWE. And the last thing is forget everything that you saw last week because it's a brand new week. So if you want to refer to something last week on your own, you have to go through the ringer, talk to Cole, talk to to Vince McMahon to make sure whether or not it's okay to be able to talk about those things, the intricate the intricacy, you know, of what happened in the in the show, the things that happened on the program, all those things. All those things. You want to know whether or not you can be able to say those things or not. And so those are my 10 things. 10 things to be a play-by-play announcer in the WWE. I saw you guys on uh, several people on Twitter. It was like, the next person that should be doing Monday Night Raw is Jonathan Hood. And I will tell you this. I can do all of these 10 things that I just mentioned. Don't call the the moves and uh, your homework doesn't matter. And say nonetheless a million times. 
which I do sometimes tongue in cheek on my talk show. Um, <laughs> what I do with uh, David Kaplan, uh, you can say switching gears and I can over the top sell and just be disingenuous or I can say ooh ah e to what's going on in the matches. I can do all the things that's key to being a WWE announcer, but I won't be there long. And you know why? Because I'm not Michael Cole. And when Jim Ross was in there, they would try to find replacements. They tried all these replacements like Josh Matthews and Todd Grisham and Jonathan Coachman, Michael Cole. They had all these different people to try to replace Jim and no one could replace Jim because they didn't sound like Jim. (laughs) They didn't sound like good old JR. And the same thing with Michael Cole. Whatever you think the style of broadcast is, it's a sports entertainment type of call, whatever it is. And, and and lately, by the way, the WWE broadcast, if you're the lead announcer for our pay-per-view, you're supposed to not put over Bianca Belair because twice now, uh, Michael Cole has jagged the call on Bianca Belair. Twice now. Where it's like, you're not even sure that she won the championship. Her latest defense, again, didn't put it over. Thought it was just a two count. I don't know what that's about, uh, but that's not surprising, right? So even Cole is getting long in the tooth. I really believe, and I'm going to make sure that you hear me say this very clearly. I think that Eric Bischoff had it right. He didn't get many things right as the executive producer of WCW. He didn't get a lot of things right. He got a lot of things wrong. But something he did get right, he just talked about just recently, is to have two sets of broadcasters. Because when Monday Night Raw started, it was Tony Schiavone. I'm sorry, when Monday Nitro first started, it was Tony Schiavone and Larry Zbysko. Our two was Eric Bischoff and Mongo McMichael and uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. There's nothing wrong with that, to have two sets of announcers. Because one announcer for three hours will just wear you out. Bad announcing will wear you out. This is why, you know, there are certain times where I'll go to a radio call instead of a TV call. Because a radio call, at least, it'll be mixed up. They'll switch off roles doing play-by-play. And sometimes you get tired of hearing the same voice over and over again. So, I, you know, I think that Bischoff had that right to have two sets of announcers when he did early on in his tenure as executive producer of Monday Nitro. So, I'm not here to defend Adnan Verk, but I'm here to say on the record that the idea that he was over his head or didn't know the moves or he, you know, he's awful, all that. I don't think Adnan Verk was awful. What I think is, is that the impatience of the WWE, and when I say that, Vince McMahon, once again, rears his ugly head. How Mauro Ranallo is not the lead voice of Monday Night Raw is unbelievable to me. If Mauro, here's the thing about Mauro, whether you like him or not, when he was in the WWE, outside of a few producing things that he had to say, he was himself. But I want to just point out, do you remember a time on SmackDown? where Tom Phillips was in the same booth with Mauro Ronaldo and two other analysts. It's almost like Tom Phillips had to be the host. You know why? Because Tom Phillips was the closest thing to Michael Cole they had. It, it, I think it disturbed Vince McMahon so much that Mauro was so uh, such a bright personality and was so good in the booth and was calling the moves and there was excitement there and all those things. He didn't use any of those WWF, WWE terms. It bothered the shit out of Vince to the point where they put Tom Phillips uh, to be a fourth person in the booth so Tom could give the WWE speak 
to the broadcast. Morrow was great, was great at what he did in WWE. But Vince couldn't take it. You know why? Because he didn't say nonetheless. And he didn't say momentum. And he didn't go ooh and ah. You know what Morrow did? He called the action. Like a play-by-play guy was supposed to. And Vince couldn't take it. And this is why the WWE needs to be able to have different styles and different voices. You can get to the same point, by the way, as an announcer. Look, you don't like the way that Adnan Verk does play-by-play. Okay, fine. Cool. But... It's all about the story. It's all about uh, the pinfall. It's all about the start and the finish of the match. You get to the same place. It just didn't sound like Michael Cole. It didn't have to. Everything shouldn't sound like Jim Ross either. But that's what they wanted in the early days. Vince is wrong for this. And watch Jimmy Smith. Not rooting against him. But understand when you see him. And people will be like, Jimmy Smith. Well, I mean, what's going on with this guy? He didn't sound like Michael well, because he's not Michael Cole, and that's the problem. Don't forget to check out the archives of the podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Man, it comes in threes, doesn't it? Oh, it comes in threes when it comes to wrestling deaths. It is just so bizarre. I've done three retrospectives of New Jack, of Don Kernodal, and now Paul Christie, a Chicagoland wrestler, I know a wrestler from Chicago went to high school in Chicago with a couple of high schools, um, Mount Carmel and Harper, and became a really solid star in wrestling over the years. He recently passed away. You can go in the archives of TWT and hear my thoughts on that. Some thoughts about AEW Double or Nothing. The preview is also part of this podcast as well. So I thank you for your support. Just tell people that Jonathan Hood Talks Wrestling, Tuesday Wrestling, Tuesday right here, wherever you download your podcast. I'll be back again soon. we got so much to talk about when it comes to our favorite wrestling and sports entertainment right here on TWT.